0: Busters. This is time for episode ninety-nine of the Slump Buster podcast. I am your host, Juju Talk Sports, and my guest today is going to be Deji of the Baseball Connection podcast. Deji and I go through some of the biggest trades of this deadline season, including Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo, Nelson Cruz, Adam Frazier, and more. We also break down the season second half. Before we get into the episode, folks, it's time to give a shout out to our partner, Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never-ending quest to do better, be better, love harder, and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their Nitro Cold Brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day, but why stop there? They have their Mammoth Blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their Hibiscus teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo Slump, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products com promo code slump guys don't be a chump use promo code slump and get yourself a case today all right guys it's time for the episode episode 99 baseball connection podcast slump buster podcast juju deji. let's get it let's bust the slump and let's enjoy In is. it's time for episode 99. Yes, we are one episode away from the legendary 100 mark, reaching that century mark, and we're going to do it in outstanding fashion. As we have one of the busiest, most active MLB trade deadlines I have seen in recent history, and to break down it all, I have a great guest. We haven't had him on for a while. I haven't had him since the beginning of last baseball season, which turned out to be, of course, that short and crazy train wreck of a baseball season it was. But Deji Andrew of Baseball Connection, the Baseball Connection podcast, very smart guy, knows a ton of baseball content, posts almost every day, and has a, pretty much a take for every single transaction. So Deji, how you doing, man? It's been a while. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good, good to be back on the show. Good to have you, man, because uh, I absolutely need you to break down all these trades because there is just a ton of action. Have you seen a trade deadline this busy? I have, but it's been a while. It's been a while. I would say it's been kind of
1: dry the past, maybe four or five years. I think what happened was, so I think a few years ago, they changed the rules. Whereas in the past, it used to be that you had your trade deadline end of July, but then you had the, the waiver trade deadline. So you could still make trades in August if players clear waivers. So there's kind of secondary deadline. But ever since they, they abolished that a couple of years ago, this is like the real deadline. So anyone who needs to make a move needs to do so now or else, you know, they're, they're without help for the next two months.
0: Yeah, we used to see some big time trades that would happen occasionally in August. One of the biggest ones that comes to mind is I remember when the Dodgers and Red Sox made that big transaction for Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, David Price, all those guys back in the day. But uh, or actually, Josh Beckett. I guess the Dodgers and Red Sox have made a lot of transactions over the years. Yeah,
1: that, that's the trade that comes to mind for me, too. That Carl Crawford, Adrian Gonzalez, that, that whole deal there, that, that comes to mind as well. I think that's the biggest one we've seen in the last decade for August trade deadlines. And then, of course, I think there was a Verlander deal as well. Sending Verlander to Houston was
0: also an August trade. Forgot about that. I could have swore that was one of those big-time July moves. But to hear that's in August, and obviously, like you mentioned, the rules has changed, So now couple days from now that's it or depending on when you're listening to this podcast there may be a lot of dated content in here but that's what we're going to focus on some of the biggest trades that happened particularly in the last couple of days rest assured guys if there is any trades that happen in between us hitting this record button and tomorrow's deadline we'll definitely break it down on the channel so check out our youtube channel for that uh but i guess let's just get right into it man uh we're going to kind of brush by these ones real quick but just quick thoughts uh, adam frazier an all-star I Got another year of team control, goes to the Padres. How do you think that impacts the Padres starting lineup? I think
1: it's a huge impact. I think we're not even done seeing the fallout from that trade. So you have Adam Frazier, who is a hit machine. A lot of people don't really know who he is, and it's not really their fault. I mean, he plays in Pittsburgh. It's a small market, but he is legit. I think what that's going to do for as far as the Padres starting lineup is it's going to squeeze Eric Cosmer out because you're going to pencil in... Adam Frazier at second base, maybe some outfield here and there, but he's primarily gonna be at second base. So Jake Cronenworth will probably move to first. Eric Hosmer becomes the odd man out, not necessarily only because of you know, production. He's still a pretty productive player, but it's it's all about value, right? You have Jake Cronenworth who's on a rookie deal versus Hosmer who's on this huge, you know, multimillion dollar contract. The Padres are definitely gonna to look to move that first. Um, so I could definitely see Hosmer getting dealt. If he's not dealt tomorrow, there's going to be quite a logjam. And on, honestly, there's just going to be someone riding the bench. It, it's probably going to be something like Cronenworth and Hosmer splitting time at first. But I do think that Hosmer will get dealt. But who knows? I could be wrong. But that's what I think we're going to see with their lineup. Their outfield is, is pretty much still going to be what we've already seen. Trent Grisham, Will Myers, and um, Tommy Pham kind of splitting time with some utility player like Cronenworth. And, you know, Hassan Kim is coming off the bench for them. He's, he's deeper in the bench now with that Adam Frazier deal. Hassan Kim is only going to come off the bench in case of injury now.
0: It's definitely a smart move by the Padres because obviously Frazier is going to be there for another year or two. So it's always more valuable when you can get a guy on another year of team control and a guy that you can always just pencil in at the top of your lineup there. Obviously, like you said, saved him from the Pittsburgh Pirates this season. So definitely a great trade for Adam Frazier and the Padres. And then another move too that helps to last year's AL champion, the Rays went out there, picked up Nelson Cruz, veteran bat, uh, closing in on 20 home runs this season, Uh, pretty much a guaranteed 30 and 100 guy. What do you think about that move for the Rays? That's a great move for Tampa Bay. See,
1: the way I broke it down is that Tampa Bay knows they're going to be in the playoffs, but you need those big bats. I mean, they went to the World Series last year. They're not a sleeper by any means, but they know what it takes to win. They lost to a Dodgers team that was just so deep. Tampa Bay has... Great table setters, guys that get on base, you know, your Brandon Lowes, your G-Man Choice, those guys get on base, you have Austin Meadows behind them. But when you add Nelly Cruz behind Austin Meadows, that gives you that depth that you want in the postseason when they come in and bring that tough reliever in the late innings. Nelson Cruz can hit any pitching. Uh, he hasn't showed any signs of slowing down. He's 40, 40. I don't know. He's in his forties and, and he
0: continues to give you, like you said, that guaranteed 30 and a hundred, but that's a huge, I think, you're, I think you're aging him up a little bit. I think he's only 36, man. I think he might take offense to that. Nelly. I thought he was, I thought he was 40. I could be wrong. <laughs> God, he, he just feels like he's 40. I mean, 17 yeah. years in the big leagues. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you start to think, oh, man, how is this guy not 40? How is he not like pushing that Tom Brady threshold? But No, completely agree with what you're saying there. I mean, you need that kind of guy with that kind of impact pop like Nelson Cruz just to put the fear of God in some pitchers as they step on the mound, you know, because you never know what that guy's going to do. He has light tower power, and I I certainly expect him to put one on the catwalk in Tampa Bay. Okay, let's get into the biggest moves of the last couple days. Uh, So a smaller transaction, but one that definitely does have some impact. In the AL East, especially because, uh, you know, the Blue Jays certainly need some talented left-handed pitching to go against some of their uh, division foes, recent acquisitions. But Brad Hand is going to the Blue Jays from the Nationals. A smaller transaction, but one definitely needed in the bullpen. Brad Hand, in that bullpen, what do you think for Toronto? Absolutely. So, I mean, Toronto needs bullpen help. Their lineup is
1: fine. The rotation is, is pretty decent, but the bullpen has been an issue. It was actually an issue last year. It's just not been something they've been able to plug. The Nats obviously are out of it this year. So, you know, they're going to trade Brad Han over to Toronto. It's an exchange for a catcher named Riley Adams. So it's just some organizational depth for Washington. Washington, because I mean, they are they are pretty set there with who they have. So some organizational depth for them because Jan Gomes is, is very capable. But at the end of the day, I like this move for Toronto. It's not going to It's not really going to be what gets them to October, but if they do get to October, it's one of those moves, as you know, starters don't go deep in games in the playoffs. Four innings, five, and then it's a bullpen game from there. That's where Brad Hand can shine, but Toronto
0: just needs to get in first. Well, I alluded to it, and obviously, again, adding a talented lefty in the pen is needed when you hear the Yankees are making these kind of acquisitions. So as of about 30 minutes ago, it was brought to our attention that Anthony Rizzo, the longtime Cub, will be heading to New York, being pinstripes this year. Um, That was preceded by yesterday, Joey Gallo, longtime Ranger, is also heading to New York. So basically, the Yankees said, hey, we have a problem. We have all these powerful right-handed hitters, but we play in Yankee Stadium with that short right porch. We got to fix this. We got to get some lefty help. Let's go out there and get two of the biggest power-hitting lefties on the market in Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo. Traded a lot of prospects to get there, just to list off some of the names here. So the Cubs will be getting uh, outfielder Kevin Alcantara and Alex Biscaino. Uh, the Rangers, they will be sending quite the package. So infielders Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, Trevor Hover, And uh, right-handed pitcher Glenn Otto, which headlines the prospects as uh, this current season in the minors between double A and triple A. He has 115-plus strikeouts in just about 70 innings. It definitely has some great stuff, and the Rangers definitely need the help pitching-wise. The Yankees, what can you say about these acquisitions, says he?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Yankees saved their season in 24 hours. I was kind of writing their obituary a few weeks ago on my podcast talking about. Yeah, no postseason baseball in the Bronx. Yes, the AL East is out of the picture for them, but that wild card is very much in play. And like you said, they knew what they had to fix, which was they had too many right-handed hitters in the lineup. It was imbalanced. Now they've gone out and they've got these two big left-handed sluggers who get on base. Yes, yes you have the short porch, and you, you you better believe that those guys are going to take advantage of that short porch. But Joey Gallo doesn't need a short porch, right? He <laughs> can hit him out of anywhere. His big... Uh, addition to this team will be his outfield defense and his on-base skills. Of course, the power as well, but he gets on base a lot. And same with Anthony Rizzo, he doesn't strike out much. That's that's something that's huge for the Yankees. You know, they have some guys who whiff quite a bit in that lineup, but Anthony Rizzo does not. So it, it's just rounding out that lineup and kind of solidifying things.
0: Expect to see someone like Luke Voigt on the move now because uh, he's expendable at this point. He is expendable. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't make a bigger push for, in particular, Trevor Story, mostly because – They've had a trouble at the shortstop spot with Gleyber Torres this year. A lot of people are starting to wonder like um, if he's able to recapture that uh, power that he had. I think he has less than five home runs the last time I checked, which is kind of surprising considering he was a 20 plus home run guy just a couple of years ago for them. The Yankees definitely like, you just look down that lineup. I was watching them against the Mets a few weeks ago and it was just right handed power, right handed power, right handed power. So clearly They just needed to fix that. And now you just literally stagger your lineup, squeeze those guys in between Aaron judge and John Carlos Stanton. And then that's just a nightmare combination for most pitchers. Anytime they have to see that lineup card, some great moves by Brian Cashman certainly he was on the hot seat for this one. I know that they have to expend some prospects that they probably don't want to, but you know, it's New York. There's a lot of pressure in that market. You got to make some big time moves. And, uh, in particular, this trade deadline, uh, the Yankees didn't mess around. They got it done. Um, so good job to them. I'm excited to see them the rest of the year and I definitely need it because, uh, preseason, I picked them as my world series favorite out of the AL. So, uh, wow. that wasn't looking too hot <laughs> for <laughs> for a while. So calling myself out there, putting myself on blast. Yes. That was an old take exposed. Hey, it's good to know that New York's trying to back me up on this one. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I mean, they're, they're definitely within reach for that wild card. Big time win for John Boy Media as well. The, another big move, a very aggressive move and a surprising one for this organization. You don't see them typically make these types of deals. The A's will be getting Starling Marte. Comes over from the Marlins. In exchange, they will be sending over Jesus Lazardo who was one of their top prospects a couple of years ago, but has really struggled this year. In particular, he had an ERA over six this year in the majors. They set him down and he's still struggling in the minors. So there is the thought, they just think that Lizardo is a broken prospect at this point and there's no getting him back. Uh, you have to think that they're being so willing to deal him for a player that's only going to be in their uniform for a couple months now. Uh, Starling Marte, Lizardo, straight up. Do you think that this uh, is not, fair value? That's been my favorite deal so far that, that we've seen. I think this is
1: a great deal for both teams. You have Starling Marte, an expiring contract, you, you want to wash your hands of him if you're Miami. Jesus Luzardo is a guy who was a top 10 prospect in baseball just a few years ago. Yes, a lot of people say Potential has a shelf life, but I'm not giving up on him. He's 23 years old, I think. Left-handed, upper 90s fastball. This is someone who can be a starter in, in the big leagues. Uh, mid-rotation, a 2-3 starter, I think, when he's doing well. Because it's just a couple years ago we saw him when he came up at age 21. He was looking really good. Worst case scenario, he's a filthy setup guy for you in the bullpen. So I think that's a project. Jesus Luzardo is a nice project for the Marlins to work on. And the Marlins have so much organizational pitching depth now. I'm talking about Sandy Alcantara, Sixto Sanchez, Trevor Rogers, Pablo Lopez, you know, Max Meyer. Now you throw in, you throw Luzardo into that mix. This is a team with as good of organizational pitching depth from a prospect standpoint as anyone I can think of. I mean, at the major league level, not quite yet. I mean, Trevor Rogers is really leading that charge. Give them a couple of years. I think they'll have one of the best rotations in baseball. If not, they could always trade those pieces out, right, and then get they can get something in return. As far as Oakland getting Starling Marte, I love it. This is a guy who's been underrated his whole career, an above average hitter, 31 or something, but he still has elite sprint speed, can play legitimate center field. What this does is that it gives them, you know, their definitive starting outfield. It's going to be Loriano, Starling Marte. And then I guess, you know, that third spot is, is a bit is a bit open for Oakland. But, you know, Loriano and Sterling table will start every single day. Mark Canna will start, too. But, you know, he'll he'll see some time at, at DH maybe once in a while. For example, if uh, Mitch Moreland is, you know, they have Mitch Moreland, but he's not able to play really against left handed pitching. That's where you might see someone like Mark Canna select the DH or something like that. So I really like this move for both teams because, this is as good of a prospect as the Mons could have hoped for, for an expiring for two months of Starling Marte. I think that's, that's a really good deal.
0: Definitely a great pickup by the A's to go out there and acquire Starling Marte. As you mentioned, he's been one of the better, I guess all round players. He hits for average, has a little bit of pop, steals bases, good fielder. He does a little bit of everything for the A's. So good pickup for them. And then of course, uh, game back, a talented lefty in exchange. Like you mentioned, the Marlins do have great pitching depth, and depth does allow you the luxury of being able to be a little flexible as you move forward. Obviously, you know, all things considered, credit to the Marlins. They've been a sneaky organization. They had to go down bottom feeders, as they were calling themselves last year. And now here they are. They're kind of rebuilding, retooling. And there may be some good things down the line in Miami. Okay, this one is not official, but it's pretty much all but done. The Dodgers, Danny Duffy, looks like that's about to happen. The Dodgers have also been in the headlines as far as their pitching rotation. Obviously, Trevor Bauer, that's a whole storyline in itself right now. Will he be back with the team at all this year? So there was a lot of pressure to fill his roster spot or fill his rotation spot in the meantime. And Danny Duffy, certainly a good way to do it, but should be noted. He is currently on the injured list. How do you think this changes the Dodgers future moving forward? Uh, By the way, too, I got to throw it in there. Just lost the series to the Giants. So uh, go Giants. Uh, Anyway, moving on. Absolutely. Yeah, that that NOS is a dogfight. The most exciting division
1: in baseball for sure this year. The Danny Duffy move, it's good. Um, Like you said, he's on the IL. He has a flexor strain in his his throwing forearm, which is, you know, not great to hear. But the Dodgers know they're going to be playing deep into October. So you know this is a long, a long-term play for them. You want to give him, you know, two months maybe if he needs or whatever to get ready. They're maybe f- crossing their fingers that they'll have Trevor Bauer back by then. But even if they don't, this team is so deep. People don't realize that the Dodgers have been doing this for the past five years. They carry like seven pitchers, like starting pitchers, and they'll always put two of them in the pen. Whether like this year, David Price, um, you know, other years it'll be uh, someone like uh, Julio Urias. And then all of a sudden, once the postseason starts, you see some of these guys like Urias starting games if, if they need to. Um, uh, Tony and Dustin May, he's hurt right now. but So I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised they went out and got this because I think even with the Dodgers rotation the way it is right now, they can win series. Uh, Bueller, Kershaw, Urias, Price, Gonsolin, even the kid they just called up, Josiah Gray. He might not even get that much playing time. So I'm not really worried about the Dodgers pitching. Um, but yeah, I, I like the move for Danny Duffy. I mean, seeing it all come in today, it almost seemed like it was reactionary because there were reports about the the Padres and Scherzer thing. We'll never know, at least not yet. But yeah, that was, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Like, oh, were they were they like
0: reactionary, uh, like panicking? But I don't think the Dodgers would ever panic, honestly. I That is definitely a negotiating strategy or a way of driving up the price around your division. When you did say the NL West has been a dogfight, it's been neck and neck. So if you hear like one of those rivals or one of those people that are chasing you in the standings is going out there and acquiring an ace. Well, the only natural reaction is to go out there and acquire an ace yourself. So I am kind of curious to see what kind of trades transpire in the NL West because of the Scherzer rumors, because of the Danny Duffy acquisition and how this impacts the division on trade deadline day, the NL central, uh, the Brewers, they start off in a little bit of a close fight, obviously. And then the Cubs started falling off. The Reds, they're trailing them. But I have doubts they're going to be able to catch them. Either way, they thought it was important for them to still out there and go make an acquisition. So why not acquire an All-Star? Why not go out there and get a Eduardo Escobar? So he goes to Milwaukee. What do you think this does for the Brewers um, heading into postseason time? Do you think they can make a little bit of noise this year? I want them to. I want them to. But, I mean... The NL, it's going to be tough to come out of the National League. This
1: Eduardo Escobar move is great. It gives him some power. So I, I like what Milwaukee has done over the past month or so. So first they went out and they got Willie Adams, That was slept on him because who knew Willie Adamas was going to turn into what he's been over the past month because he was a strikeout. He was striking out way too much in Tampa Bay. Now he's been the Brewers best hitter. They went out and got Rowdy Tellez, which I was like, okay, that's a good move. And you know, the power is there. Now they get Eduardo Escobar. This is someone who has some pop as well. So I like the moves that they've made, and and so far it's been good. But getting out of the National League is tough. I mean, it, it was a heartbreaking loss for them uh, two years ago in that wild card game against the Nats. <laughs> that was that was really really bad. They've had some bad luck with Yelich injuries. I just don't think they have what it takes to beat the better teams, especially like I said, those National League West teams are they're not going anywhere. So I, I don't know. I think the the Brewers will will get in. I mean, they'll win their division, but. Those three NOS teams are the juggernauts this year.
0: Yeah, I definitely do see it being a little bit of a tougher uh, move for the Brewers, especially because even their best player, Christian Yelich, isn't having his best season. He's been kind of having a little bit of a down year. So it starts with the head of the pyramid. So I do think that that is kind of a poor foreshadowing for the Brewers' playoff success. Okay, well, this one, again, isn't official, but you alluded to it. So I think we should touch on it just in case this deal actually happens. But Max Scherzer to the Padres. Uh, According to MLBTradeRumors.com, it looks like the Red Sox are getting into this mix last minute as well. How do you think that for both those teams, just in case, never know what happens, uh, this impacts their rotation, their chances at the playoffs, their chances in a World Series endeavor? Yeah.
1: um, So first of all, I'll say that um, I'll point out Max Scherzer has a full no trade clause because he has his 10-5 rights. For those who don't know, it means you've been in the big leagues for at least 10 years, at least five consecutive years with the same team. He's been with the Nats for at least five years. So he has full no trade clause, which means we know Max Scherzer is competitive. He's only going to go to a competitor. It could be the, it could be the Padres, you know, as is as being rumored. It could be the Red Sox. Wherever he goes, we know it's going to be contender. He automatically puts that team in the World Series mix. That's that's my opinion. If he goes to the Red Sox, that's that's a World Series contender right away. If he goes to the Padres, that's a World Series contender just because of what this guy can do. He can be your ace, um, no matter what team you go to. If he goes to if he goes to the Padres, I mean,
0: you, there's no one would complain if they started him over you, Darvish in game one. Yeah, I think that's important, in particular for the Padres because. Evermore, it's looking like the Padres are going to be in that wildcard game as opposed to just a three-game series in, or a five-game series in the division series. So that means you want your most talented starter or the most talented starter you can find out there on the mound in that game. That would be Max Scherzer. Uh, yes, you Darvish would be a good person to start that game potentially for them. But it helps to be able to make your rotation a little bit deeper so you can move him potentially into that first game of the division series, and hope that Max can get you into that next round. So I think it makes sense for the Padres if they're just thinking about I have to get past this one wild card game. For the Red Sox, who are currently are they still leading the AL East? I want to say yes. the last I saw they were still leading. Yes. Okay, but I, I mean Temp- Tampa Bay is is uh, creeping up a little bit. You talk about dogfights, the AL East and the NL West, both competitive divisions. So definitely any little advantage you can get is important. The only thing that makes it a little difficult for the Red Sox is the last rumor I heard out of Max Scherzer's camp was that he wants to be on the West Coast. So that would be the Dodgers. That would be the Giants. That would be the Padres. If you're the Red Sox, you have a good team. You are leading your division. But as you mentioned with the the no trade clause, if he doesn't want to stay on the East Coast, if he doesn't want to go to Boston... He doesn't have to. I think it would be a mistake because the Red Sox certainly are a good organization, have been a great organization. I know we were clowning them last year for trading away Mookie Betts, but here they are again, retooled, revamped. They consistently find a way to just blow it up every couple of years and bring it back to playoff relevancy. It's actually a really impressive thing by this organization Um, So if they were able to trade the pieces away to get a Max Scherzer, certainly would uh, make them the favorites for the rest of the season in the AL East, especially like you said, they have people chasing them again, literally the Yankees are making moves, probably not going to catch them in the AL East, but still, it's always good to have that advantage in that matchup. But that pretty much runs through the trades that we've seen so far. So I guess with that said, let's just kind of look at what, what we have remaining here. The division leaders, so we mentioned the Red Sox are leading their division. Out in the AL West, you have the Astros currently leading their division, if I'm not mistaken, on last standing. Uh, The White Sox in the Central. Who's your favorite coming out of there for the World Series? So, wow, that's tough. That's really tough. I guess I'll just qualify
1: this by saying keep an eye on the White Sox. They are going for it this year. So, well, they're benefiting from playing a really weak division. I I will concede that. (laughs) But look what they're doing without – Eloy Jimenez, without Luis Robert, without Nick Madrigal, guys like that. They're anchored by good pitching, and that's what wins in the playoffs. They're anchored by good pitching. They have timely hitting, but now they they got Eloy Jimenez back. They're getting Luis Robert back. So that's a team I think could be a really fun storyline to watch in, in the postseason. But to answer your question, who I think would come out of the, the American League, it's tough. I don't think we're going to see an AOS team do it. I don't think the Astros are deep enough this year, and athletics usually aren't deep enough. The postseason. So I think it's going to be either the Red Sox, Red Sox or the Rays. I think we'll see either the Red Sox or the Rays come out of the American League this year. I'm not too sure who it'll be. I think it's going to depend on how Chris Sale looks when he comes back because he's coming back pretty soon in a few weeks. And if he looks like Chris Sale, it might be curtains. It might be it might be Boston's year. Uh, But if he if he struggles, you know, coming off
0: of Tommy John, because it's never guaranteed, then, you know, Tampa Bay always finds a way to win. No love for the Astros too. I mean, they've been streaking. They got a little bit hot before the all-star break there as well. Not a given, but you talked about talented pitchers coming off injury. There is a potential crash course for Justin Verlander to be close to ready by playoff time. Do you think that could potentially happen? Wow. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that.
1: If, if that were true, I mean, he's a veteran and if anyone can get could ramp up for the postseason, it's him. If that's true, then yeah, I would put the Astros up there. It's, it's so tough. I mean, You know, it's hard for me to give one answer uh, because, yeah, the Astros have been through a lot, but like you kind of like the Red Sox, they find a way to put a good team out there. And even with the pitchers they have now, it's uh, McCullers and Granke at the top. But, you know, Frambo Valdez has been really good. You know, they have other guys who have been pretty good this year. But I think it's all about pitching at the end of the day, which is why I think that if Chris Sale comes back strong, I do kind of favor the Red Sox because they have him. They have, um, of course, ivaldi has been really good this year as well. And the back of the rotation, isn't that great, but the Red Sox bats are just so good. Whereas a team like Chicago has probably the best rotation in the American league, but their bats are not as good as Boston's. But of course, if, if Jimenez is hitting well and Roberts hitting well, then, then honestly, it's, it's uh, it's hard
0: to ignore the White Sox. So I don't really know, honestly, I'm naming a bunch of teams here, but we'll see. It'd be interesting. We haven't seen those teams really make any noise yet at the deadline. So maybe potentially by the time this podcast is posted out there, you know, uh, sports content it tends to be a little bit perishable. Sometimes it takes age fast, but either one of those teams could and probably should make a acquisition to kind of break the tie a little bit. Like you mentioned, it is pretty close right now. Well, we took in the NL, the division leaders as they stand are the Mets, who have taken advantage of mostly a bad division to this point. Um, of course, you know, they've been dealing with injuries all over the place for DeGrom, but DeGrom has had a fantastic season. Uh, we talked about the Brewers a little bit. Obviously, they went out there and acquired Escobar, so it definitely helps make their lineup a little bit deeper. Uh, the NL West is the big thing, the big story of the year, obviously. Right now, the Giants have a three game lead. Again, they just beat the Dodgers 5 0, so it kind of keeps that lead secure. It's been kind of Uh, pins and needles as they go obviously last week they had uh, a couple of those uh, games come down to the ninth inning unbiased opinion from you Deji was that a swing last week that was absolutely (laughs) a swing (laughs) ah you don't know what you're talking about Uh, yeah uh, I think we might have got away with that one but I literally every single Giants postseason run has been led by some bullshit. So I will take it. I will take all the bullshit. I was about to say, man,
1: <laughs> it feels like one of those magical years in San Francisco. You know what I mean? It just feels like one of those years. It's those mag- magical years out there in the Bay. Who knows what they'll do? Um, but I, I like their chances this October. I really do. I mean, they're up three games in the West right now and just have been steady all year. They, have, they haven't had a rough patch. You know, the Dodgers have had some rough patches this year. The Padres have had some really rough patches. The Giants haven't really run into any rough
0: patches this year, which is really interesting. Yeah, it, you know what will be unique is if the Dodgers and Padres, which obviously seems like it's going to happen, are in that wild card game. If the Dodgers manage to advance, obviously that would put them uh, squared up against the Giants. I believe if I'm mistaken, that would be the first time in modern baseball or the modern playoffs that the Giants and Dodgers have matched up in postseason play, which will be something that like for both fan bases – would be so exciting to see. Obviously, you've, we've seen a lot of postseason baseball between the Red Sox and Yankees, but the biggest West Coast rivalry hasn't gotten the same type of love. I, ESPN's been pitching us that Padres-Dodgers rivalry all year, and yet here we are, same <laughs> yeah. old story, Giants-Dodgers hating on each other. I guess it just comes down to, we haven't seen a good brawl this year. We haven't, we've not seen, it, I mean, little things, little skirmishes. Maybe everyone's still practicing social distancing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um you better believe when tempers get hot
1: that no one's holding back. If it gets down to down to the wire, I can see like what was it earlier this year where we had almost a brawl, not a brawl, but benches clear at the Dodgers Padres series, like I think it was multiple times in the same series. And that was like in April. If that was happening in April,
0: in October, you better believe that no one's no one's gonna be holding back. We had a little bit of controversy with Josh Donaldson getting into it with some uh Pitchers around the AL too with over the sticky stuff. I know. Remember, we had some heated changes because of that earlier this year. It's good that we've had a solid baseball season. I gotta say, this is probably one of the most exciting baseball seasons. Maybe it's also just coming off of last year. You know, I I
1: think I think that's part of it. We've just been we're hungry for a normal season, and it's been great to have fans back in the stands, being able to go to the ballpark and everything like that. Yeah, I know you're based out there in Houston. Have you gone to a couple ball games this year? Absolutely, I've been to a bunch of games, not just in Houston, um, around the country. I've been to a couple of different places, just soaking it all. in. it's great to be back. Nice. Which ballparks have you checked out? I was actually just at Wrigley. Um, I was oh, actually kidding. just at Wrigley. Yeah, I was just at Wrigley. I've
0: been to. I went to San Francisco for the first time this year. I went to a Giants game. How was I'm that? Sorry? Because obviously, uh, San Francisco, California, has been a little bit more restrictive in terms of. COVID and safety protocols, right, uh, right? So how was that going there versus being in the Houston ballpark? They were both great. Honestly, the Houston ball- ballpark, I think I've been to three games this year.
1: SF, I went to one game, but the one game I went to SF, it was great. Um, Memorial Day. I mean, yeah, of course, like the COVID restrictions are, are definitely uh, more heightened in San Francisco, but in the ballpark, it was surprisingly pretty relaxed. We, we all, we didn't have anyone really uh, breathing on our necks or anything. Everyone was just enjoying the baseball game.
0: Yeah, well, that's definitely a relief to hear that it was an enjoyable baseball experience. I mean, you definitely got that one on me. I, I hate to say it, but I've never actually been to a game at Oracle Park, as they're calling it now, uh, since. caught a lot of spring training games, but Oracle Park is still on my bucket list, my to-do list. Gotta yeah, check out Globe Life Park. Uh, you know, one of the more fun baseball stories. I want to get your quick well, yeah, take so on. Yeah, so
1: there's a new there's a new one. Globe so there's Globe Life Park and there's Globe Life Field, which is oh. just across the street. So I I went to Globe Life Field earlier this year as well in, in Arlington, which is it's just across the street.
0: Yeah, you know, I might want my plan is in sometime here in August. I gotta go see Shohei Otani play live. I got to mark that off the list because this guy has just been so fun to watch on TV. Anytime MLB posts on their YouTube channel, a show way, highlight, I stop to see what this guy does to that baseball. Just that sound off the bat, that crack.
1: I've been lucky to see him play a couple of times this year. So I saw him play uh, in Houston. And the first thing I noticed about him was how fast he is. Base running wise. I didn't realize it. It was like a ground ball. And like, I was like, this dude has super long strides. Really, really fast runner. So there was that. He also homered in that game. He also played some left field in that game. So I was like, wow, dude, this dude, um, he's
0: something else. You know, one of the biggest shames of this baseball season is he's having this magical year and Mike Trout's been on the IL this entire time. Yeah. I just want to see those guys at their peak of their power, healthy, playing in the same lineup together for an extended period of time. Uh, So that is definitely one of the things that's disappointing. But it's also disappointing, of course, that they're both on the Angels, which is LA's second team, doesn't get the love. The Angels have struggled to get to the playoffs. Uh, The fact that Mike Trout has only been in three postseason games, I believe, in his career, that's definitely uh, up there as far as disappointment. I I feel for the guy. He's been one of the greatest players of our generation, probably the greatest player of our generation. And yet haven't seen him in the playoffs it's yeah heartbreaking yeah, it's, it's almost a bummer. It's, it's a bummer yeah great definitely the greatest player of our generation but the angels just haven't been able to get it done you have a little bit of a red sox bias right if i'm not mistaken yes. that's I, your I am team a red sox fan. so that's, that's why true. of course you were hyping them up you said this is the a year for them to get back to the world series i i see you i I, I i did not i'll, I'll I know. be honest <laughs> i did not expect the
1: red sox to be this successful Um, I was expecting 500, 500 record, but what's happened is that um, return to form of the hitters, JD Martinez and Rafi Devers, return to form, and then the pitchers have been better than we expected. I didn't expect Martin Perez to be, uh, you know, serviceable. I didn't expect Nathan Ivaldi to be an all-star this year, so all these things have lined up, and yeah.
0: Sometimes you just got the like magic touch. I- obviously, too, I think the managerial change, gain Alex Cora back in there too, yeah. uh, was a huge move for the organization coming off the surprise release of him last year, following the trash can banging, all of that drama. It's amazing what all has transpired in just a year. We've had, we went from the Astros talk to the COVID talk to players Man, wanting to hold it's out. It's funny because the last time. Yeah. No, I was
1: on the show it was before all the COVID lockdown. I remember it was like March, like early March, like literally like a week before everything went. So it's crazy between now and then what's happened. It's, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. Any asterisk for the Dodgers World Series title? The, well, the only right answer is yes, Deshi. I mean, come on okay
1: no no asterisk guys. I know, they, they it, right? yeah
0: <laughs> 60 game season deserve no i'm kidding <laughs> but no uh, yes uh the last time we had you on we were literally previewing last baseball season it was, yeah. it was just one of the crazy how how fast time has flown by in that time span it almost doesn't even feel like it's been that long when you yeah. really think about it but all right man cool well uh let's see here but one quick take here trevor bauer does he play again in 2021 he does not. He does, does not. not. Um,
1: yeah, I think it's one of those things that – because you heard his um his leave has been extended multiple times now. It's just going to keep getting extended. And then they'll probably just
0: wait for the dust to settle in the offseason before they address it, um, they yeah. meaning the Dodgers. That report, too, of course, that his teammates don't even want him back. That is uh, the extra discouraging when you – That's very discouraging, especially for him. Like, that's that's a blow. Like,
1: you, you, you know you're not even wanted – like by your teammates that's yeah that's that's something
0: yeah he was he was tracking to be one of the greater ambassadors of the game too which is the probably most shocking thing of it all yeah. But Deji, what are you working on? What's going on with you this time around? How's Baseball Connection doing? What projects are you on? I know you post like almost daily, so I know this has been exciting time for I you. I post obviously. every day.
1: Yeah, I post every day. I mean, Instagram is almost every day, but there's an episode on on Spotify app or whatever you listen to every single day. Um, what I'm working on is just just more of the same. I mean, because here's what happened. So I mean, I I went to the daily format, like a daily uh, episode format for Baseball Connection exactly two years ago. It was like uh, late july 2019 so i did the rest of that season and then we all know what happened with the 2020 se- 2020 i was gearing up oh i'm gonna have a full season and then that happened so this is my first like season like trying to go from start to finish you know so it's it's been it's been fun it's been fun doing it this way but yeah i don't really have any like anything specific in mind just continue to keep churning them out and yeah just continue to keep training them out making appearances like this when the
0: opportunity arises Oh, for sure. I mean, we're going to three shows a week. So just rest assured that uh, definitely as postseason baseball kind of starts heating up, we're going to give you a call. We're going to get you back on here at Baseball Connection. Definitely one of the better Instagram pages I've come across and definitely why, you know, we've reached out to you, had you on the show a couple of times. Keep doing the good work, brother, because obviously there's not a lot of great people to talk baseball out there. We know it's kind of a limited market out there. So we appreciate having you. We appreciate your mind, your information. So thank you again for coming on Uh, Slump Busters. Obviously this is episode 99, 100, just around the corner. Very exciting times for us as we close in on our two year anniversary. So just want to give you a quick thank you for being with us along for the ride. But if you're just listening, of course, hit that subscribe button guys, because we have a lot more planned. Three shows a week coming in August, uh, three shows a week coming for, the entire football season so we want you along for that journey as well check out our partner at Caveman Coffee Co. that's at cavemancoffeeco.com come on don't be a chump use promo code slump and save 15 percent off your next purchase at slumpbuster podcast on ig at slumpbuster pod on twitter even check us out on tiktok why not at slumpbuster pod there leave a five star stay safe happy and healthy and we'll see you next time